you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you love us so much that you shook us and allowed us to see another day. That we opened our eyes. We were able, we were able to put our feet on the floor. Able to clothe ourselves. Able to know that this is the place that we needed to be on today. In your house. To worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To come into a place where we could fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Come into a place where we can hear your word to be empowered. The entrance of your word give us life. So God, we thank you for just this opportunity, God, to hear your word. God, you, we know that you're trying to set us up for success. You're trying to allow us to lay hold to what you destined and planned for our lives. So God, we thank you. God, we pray that you have prepared our hearts to receive your word. And God, I pray that as your manservant and as I stand before your people today, that it be not David, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will have free course because you know what your people need. So I pray that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth a word that would truly impact your people, that they will leave here transformed. God, that they could be able to go out and live a successful life in you. That they could have a richer and a fuller relationship with you. God, I thank you. Thank you for the privilege to stand here. I'm not worthy, but God, I thank you that you called me and chose me. So, Father, bless your people today. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. God is good, man, and we thank him. There's a lot of great places, you know, that you can go on vacation. And I've been, we've been kind of looking at some places for vacation. And, you know, we talked about going to Washington, D.C., and there's a, several places that when we get to D.C., we want to go and visit and partake of. So we're planning to go this year, and as we looked at some places, you know, one of which is the National Museum of African American History and Culture. I mean, I've been there. All right, amen, amen. So that's one place that we would love to go to and visit. And then the other one is, or another one is the Museum of the Bible. The Museum of the Bible. Yeah, somebody said they've been there. I mean, this is a place that is spread across 165,000 square feet on three exhibition floors. And it is filled with 3,500 years of history. 3,500 years of history. And when it opened, one of the centerpieces of the museum, as you can see on, on the screen, uh, was the 16 fragments of the Dead Sea Scroll. And this is some of the earliest known Hebrew biblical texts dating back to over 700 years BC, before Christ. And arguably one of the most significant archeological finds in the last century. But as they opened this facility, there was some question of the authenticity of these Dead Sea Scrolls, the 16 fragments 
And after three years of microscopic testing, the experts, it was announced that the 16 fragments were fake, were fake. And the CEO, uh, Harry Hargrove, called out and said, or came out and said, we're victims of misrepresentation. We've been frauded. Yeah. And this museum had been duped and hoodwinked and bamboozled. And we might ask, how in the world could this be? Well, <laughs> this is what ha happened. <laughs> The con artists that created these Dead Sea Scrolls, some believe that he used uh, ancient soles from shoes. And he used them in order to fool these experts. And he got away with it until it was put under the microscope. Yeah. Which this kind of shows us that even the experts can be fooled if they don't pay close attention to what's going on. So this serves to show us that even collectors are vulnerable. Even collectors are vulnerable. And we've been in this series talking about fooling around because if we're not careful when it comes to relationships, we'll be fooled. Yeah, we'll be fooled. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be another victim of fake relationships. Yeah. Remember, when you know the truth about relationships, you won't be easily fooled by the knockoffs. So we've covered, we've covered some relationships. We've covered uh, the, the, the spouse or the husband and wife, the marital relationship. We, how, how many enjoyed Wednesday night? Wednesday night. All right. So Wednesday night allowed us to let our hair down a little bit and uh, talk about a few things. Talk about a few things. Um, so we've dealt with the marital relationship, and singles, yours is coming next week, and we're going to deal with uh, singles uh, next Sunday and then the first Wednesday night in uh, March. Yeah, yeah. Singles are excited about that. But today I want to talk about another relationship. I want to talk about the parenting relationship. The relationship that a parent has with their child. A relationship that uh, a grandparent may have with a grandchild. A relationship that, you know, an aunt or uncle or someone in ministry that is uh, teaching children. The relationship that we have and the responsibility that we have to lift them up to put them in a position of success. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, parenting under the microscope. Yeah, parenting under the microscope. See, the goal of forgeries is to fool us into settling for knockoffs that will end up 
dismantling and destroying God's design for rich and real parenting relationships in families. Yeah, that, 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 that component is being attacked by the enemy. Yeah, and if we set back and we let it perpetuate and, and let the enemy have his way, we will see more shootings in schools. Yeah, we, we will see. I was amazed last night we were watching the news and they showed a young man who jumped on a teacher's aide and just beat her, threw her down, and then jumped on her and beat her, all because she took his game. So we have a responsibility as the church, we have a responsibility as parents to make sure that we as grandparents, as role models, uh, as aunts and uncles, uh, to make sure that we're doing our part, yeah, to help our young children, yeah. So all of us probably can remember how hard it was living under the microscope of our parents' rules and roof. Yeah, all of us probably can go back and have flashbacks of, of when you were in or under your, your parents' roof and the rules that they laid out and the things that they, they said. And, uh, you know, you, you, you were, some of us were in, uh, had a, a moment of rebellion because we didn't want to hear that. We, we thought we were old enough. We thought we knew better than our parents. Yeah, and many of us now know how authentic parenting relationships should be treasured and placed on a pedestal for everyone seeking a prosperous life to enjoy and model their life after. In other words, looking back, we can appreciate, yeah, some of the rules yeah, some of the things that they put in place. We can appreciate that now. Hindsight, looking back and, and seeing that it was only uh, protecting us, shielding us, preparing us, yeah, for what we would face in life. Yeah, the truth is parenting relationships are difficult under the best of circumstances. Yeah, maybe you're, you're here and your parents were not believers, or maybe they were not necessarily present in your life. But like we've been dealing with over the last several weeks, understand those parenting relationships are not God's design. God does not desire that we be absent from our children's lives. Matter of fact, God's design is not that we... Um, hmm, that we force our children, that, that, that we un, uh, unruly regulate some things in their life. No, no, God's design is that we would be an example for them to, to help push and propel them to greater successes than what we have laid hold to in our lives. Yeah. God's desire is for everyone to live in or lead in a parental relationship that reveals a glimpse of him. Hmm. God wants to see himself in everything, especially the parenting relationship. 
Yeah. So regardless of your past or personal experiences, the parental relationship is one of the most uh, everyday earthly examples God used to describe the relationship he desires to have with each and every one of us. He's our father and we are his children. When we look at the parenting relationship, it should resemble uh, fathers and mothers being like Christ and being an example to their children, desiring the best for them, desiring to push and propel them to higher heights and deeper depths. Yeah. So clearly, it's not only important, it's not only important, but it is a base relationship for the family. And sometimes when we look closely at the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, we forget that not all histories and people in the Bible model for us or set a model for us to follow in our own lives. And like today, there are good and they're bad. Yeah, parenting, relationships. So this morning, I want to look at a couple of these. Yeah, uh, I want us to look closely at two examples specifically. I want you to look with me at 1 Samuel. Yeah, 1 Samuel 1, 3 through 5 is what I'll be starting or where I'll be starting at. And the first part of the story uh, in 1 Samuel, we meet a culturally average dad. Elkina, and a spiritually awful dad, Eli. And we meet a devotional model mother in Hannah. Yeah, Hannah. Thank God for the Hannahs in our life. We see this. We see this in uh, verse 3, it says, it starts off by saying, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, <laughs> uh, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to her son and daughter. But Hannah, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. So let's look at this. So Elkanah, understand, is a fairly typical husband and dad. We, we, we see him. He, he goes to church. The Bible said that he went to church and he took care of his family. Yeah, and in those days, understand, he had two wives. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not a cultural model for us today. Uh, I don't believe it, especially his sisters probably wouldn't go for that. Uh, but that was the culture then. That was the culture then, understand the culture. And he demonstrates that he was a supportive of Samuel's mother, Hannah. But Eli, on the other hand, yeah, we're going to see that this gentleman uh, was a pretty lousy dad. Yeah. 
which is especially sad because understand, he was supposed to be a role model. He was in the house of God. He, he was a priest. He was carrying out uh, 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 God's uh, orders and, and the things that God had specifically designed for him, but he wasn't a role model, a good role model for his children. He was in the house. Yeah, he was worshiping and praising God, having a good time, reading scriptures, praying, but wasn't setting an example for his own house. Hmm. I, I could deal with that I, uh, because we have to be careful not to just get caught up in having church. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that we are setting a pattern for those that follow behind us. And uh, even though God has called us to worship him and to serve him and uh, to, to praise him and, and to just have a good time glorifying him, understand life, there is life outside. Mm. And somebody's watching. Yeah. So Eli, yeah, Eli. Wasn't an example, wasn't truly God's example, a model uh, for the parenting relationship. Instead, he was a fraud. And what's so bad about it, his sons were proof of it. Hmm. And I pause right here and say, uh, <laughs> who you are will rub off on those around you. Yeah. We got to be careful. We got to be careful how we carry ourselves, how we act, the things that we say because uh, Bishop always said if you're, if you're around smuts, smuts going to get off on you. Yeah, so if you're around somebody that's carrying themselves uh, ungodly and, and not doing those things that are unnecessarily, eventually that stuff is going to rub off on you. Yeah, prime example is uh, Rebecca and Jacob. Yeah, Rebecca, yeah, she, she tricked, yeah, yeah, tricked her eldest son, yeah, out of the birthright. Yeah, and then Jacob goes on and becomes a trickster himself. Yeah, be careful the, 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 the pattern that you're setting, parents. Be, be careful the, 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 the path that you're laying because somebody has to follow in that. Yeah, I mean, how we carry ourselves around our kids will contribute to how they carry themselves. So we see this, 1 Samuel uh, 12, 2 and 12 says, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Imagine that. They were, they, they, their father was a priest and they were serving in the house as well. <laughs> But it says they were in the house, but they didn't regard, had no regard for the Lord. How can you be in God's house and have no regard for him? It's his house. I mean, how can you be doing things for him and have no regard for him? I mean, these boys were off the chain. The Bible tells us that, that people were bringing offerings and, 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 and they were supposed to sacrifice these offerings. And after they sacrificed the offering, that's when the priest was supposed to partake of it. But these boys were taking it from the front. Yeah. And not only that, 
Yeah. <laughs> the Bible says that they were having sex. Yeah, they were having sex with the ushers. They were having sex with those that are serving in hospitality. Yeah, they, they were just having sex. And, and it wasn't a hidden thing because the Bible tells us uh, that the people knew about it. Yeah, the people knew about it. So these boys were, they were off the chains. I mean, their lust for power and possessions and control and arrogance toward people and worship undermined the integrity of the priesthood. The fact that Eli, their father, ignored his son's selfish actions and failed to guard and correct and stop them showed the weakness of his parental responsibility. He was serving in the house, but still he had a responsibility to take care of his children. He had a responsibility to set an example for them to make sure that they would come up in the way. So while Eli's sons were acting a fool, here's Samuel's mother praying for him. I don't know about you, but I, I thank God for the Hannahs in my life that prayed for me. Yeah. Thank God for, I, I can remember a grandmother, I, I, I can remember going in the house and hearing her prayers, hearing her petitions to the Lord. She, 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 didn't, she didn't mind if you heard her. She, she, she wasn't afraid. She, 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 she didn't hide things. No, when, when, when you went in there, she would pray. She would lift up prayer unto God. Yeah, just covering everybody. And I know that the reason that I'm here today is because of some of her prayers. Yeah, yeah. So 1 Samuel 1 and 10 and 11 tells us that she was praying for Samuel. Matter of fact, it says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son when I will give him. He says, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. I mean, what we are seeing here is a dedicated mother praying for her son. Committing him uh, to God. Committing him actually to the Nazarite vow. The same vow that Samson took. Yeah. Which was a promise to hold off, yeah, from certain activities in service to God. Can you see the difference in these two parenting relationships? Yeah. Yeah. One did not take the time. One, one did not sow into their children. One was more focused on other things instead of taking care of that that God had invested into them. And here's a mother. Yeah. Matter of fact, here's a father that, that goes to the house of God. Here's a mother that, that is able to, to pray. Yeah. That God would cover her son. Any parents praying that you, for God to cover your children? 
Yeah, to cover them. Yeah. So, so my question, my first question is, how does your parenting relationship hold up under the microscope? Yeah, if we were to, to, to put your uh, uh, parenting uh, relationship uh, on the screen, what would it look like? If we were to magnify it, uh, what would it look like? I mean, are we simply providing for the physical needs of our family? Yeah. Just taking care of the physical, making sure there's a roof over the head, making sure that there's food on the table, making sure that they got some clothes. Uh, 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 are we just doing that or, or are we dedicating or are you dedicating your children to a life uh, of following and serving God? Hmm. Yeah. Or are we just hoping that our, ch our children figure it out. Hmm. Yeah. Figuring out. <laughs> See, as parents or guardians, we're supposed to set our children up for success. And I know we, we think about success and we think about that when it, when it comes to education, when it, when it comes to sports, when it comes to uh, trying to pull out their talents that they have. Uh, but what about their spiritual success. <laughs> yeah, because you do know that their spiritual success is going to determine how they handle life. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You do know that there's going to be a time when they come to disappointment. You do know that there's going to be a time when they experience rejection. You do know that there's going to be a time when they experience failure in their life. You do know there's going to be a time where they're going to be attacked by the enemy. <laughs> and the question is, how are they going to deal with it? Hmm. How are they going to deal with it? How, how are they going to handle the problems of, of life? <laughs> See, many of us who uh, did not have a spiritual model in our life, you know the challenges you had to face. Yeah. Well, you do know your children don't have to experience what you experience, right? <laughs> I mean, it's love that does not want a child, uh, specifically your child, to go through the things that you went through. Hmm. Yeah, I know a lot, of, a lot of people say, you know, well, uh, it, it, you know it, it was good for them. It's good for them to have challenges and struggles. Yes, it is, but some of them, they don't have to go through some things that I can set them up to that they can bypass. Yeah. I mean, it's love that is wanting them to be better equipped to deal with life and life issues. Yeah, we should want this next generation to be better equipped. No, I, I don't want them to have to experience. I don't want them to have to go through some failures and some ups and downs and some challenges. No, I, I want them to be able to handle finances better than I handle them. I want them to be able to handle relationships better than I handle it. Uh, yeah. So look at what happened just in the next few verses. It says early in the morning. They arose and worshiped before the Lord 
And then they went back to their home at Ramah. And Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Hmm. It says, when her husband, Okino, went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifices to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. It says, she said to her husband, after the boy's wing, I'll take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Yeah. Can I suggest to you this morning that your children need to see you worshiping God? Yeah, they, they, they need to see you lifting up hands. They need to see you opening your mouths and, and telling God thank you. They, they, they need to know that you're worshiping uh, the creator, that, 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 that it's not houses and cars that you're worshiping, but you're worshiping a God that created all things. I mean, they need to see you praying. They need to see you on your knees. They need to see you riding in the car, uh, praying to God. They, they, they need to be able to, to hear uh, you praying to, to a God that, that, that is able to answer, a God that is able to come through, a God that in the midst of my trials and tribulations and tests of life that I do have somebody that I can call on. Mm, yeah, they need to see you giving need to see you giving. They, they need to, to, to see you making church a priority, not just here and there. No, they, they, need, they need to see that you're putting uh, God first and you're putting his house, uh, uh, you're making it a priority. You, 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 you're not just willing to sit at home and lie in the bed on Sunday or, or Wednesday night or whenever there's a function. No, I'm willing to come to the house of God because I know that's where my strength lies. Mm. Yeah, they need to see you going through some things. And you're running to God, the one that's going to answer, one that's going to deliver, the one that's going to set free, the one that's going to meet your need. They, 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 they need to see you going through. It's amazing that we try to hide things from our children. But the truth of the matter is they need to see some problems. Yeah, they, 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 they need to see uh, 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 some, some situations or, or some struggles. Now, now, it may not be everything, but they need a glimpse of life. That life is not always going to be peaches and cream. No, there are going to be some trouble. Matter of fact, Job says, man, is born but a few days full of trouble. There are going to be some issues. Huh. But then they see mom and dad, they see aunt and uncle, they, they see their, their, their role model setting an example and going to God and crying out to him because they realize that this is something that I can't fix because truth of the matter is, there are going to be things in life that you can't fix. Hmm. And see, while these things, uh, yeah, they need to know how to handle situations and know that they don't have to go to the bottle to fix it. They don't have to go to the pills or the drugs in order to fix it. No, they, 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 they don't have to be 
caught up in fighting and being angry and hearing that type of stuff in the house for things to be fixed. But all I have to do is cry to a God that is awaiting my voice. <laughs> yeah, he, he's awaiting. He, he, he's waiting. He's with tiptoe anticipation waiting on us, his children, to call upon him. He's waiting because he's a God that is able and willing to solve every problem, every situation that we may encounter in life. Uh, so while these things were going on, <laughs> Uh, well, for Elkina and Hannah, Eli's sons were only magnifying the problem of their parenting relationship. Hmm. The text says, 22, says, now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all of Israel, <laughs> to all of Israel. Oh, uh, yeah. Because what we do does not only impact our lives. Yeah. It says, and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meetings. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people. I told you everybody, they knew about it. From all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. He says, if one person sins against another, it says God may mediate for that offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? What these boys were doing was not only against people, but they were doing it to God. Yeah, they were doing it to God. I mean, his sons, he says, his sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. Here's a time that he stood up and rebuked them. He rebuked them after. Yeah. Yeah, could it have been that he rebuked them after, you know, somebody else came? After the fact. Yeah, but the text says, that he already knew that they were doing it. But he failed to raise his, yeah. He failed to correct. He, he, he failed to, to help them understand that what they were doing was not right. Can I suggest that we have a responsibility to let our children know what's not right? Yeah. What's not right? So my question, the second question is, parents, are you looking and listening to what your children are doing? Are you looking and listening to what your children are doing? I mean, I wonder sometimes when I hear the reports of, uh, 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 of an elementary student coming to school with a gun, I, I wonder, is a parent looking? Is a parent listening? to what's going on in that child's life. I wonder sometimes when, when I see all the, the reports on the news of, of these shootings and, and schools being shut down, I, 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 I wonder, yeah, who, who's, who's listening? Yeah, who, who, who's, who's looking? I mean, are we so focused on our career and making money that 
we're not looking or listening. Are, are, are we so busy trying to get ours? Are we so busy trying to keep up with the Joneses? <laughs> yeah, that we're not looking or listening. Mm. I mean, are we so focused on our career? Yeah. What's next that we're not looking or listening? Yeah. Well, sons and daughters, I, I have a question for you too. Are, are you looking and listening to what your parents are teaching? Are you listening to them? I know that, you know, we think that they're old and we think that they don't know anything. But the truth of the matter, they've been there and they've done that. <laughs> they have experienced some things that uh, if you live long enough, uh, uh, that, that uh, these things you may experience in your life. So you need somebody that's been there and done that and got a T-shirt to help you. I mean, because there is a benefit to listening uh, and looking. I mean, Moses tells us, Exodus 20 and 12, it says, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Many of us are in here this morning and we are still alive because we listen. It hurt, but we listen. Didn't feel good, but we listened. Uh, I, I can remember my, 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 my granddad. I, I can remember my mom. I can remember my dad. I, I, I can remember it didn't feel good when they talked because sometimes they didn't talk necessarily with their mouth. Y'all ain't going to help me. Today probably it would be called child abuse, but I can remember, I can remember the, uh, not a belt but an iron cord. Extension cord. I can remember getting on the bus wearing long sleeves and filling them lumps up under my sleeve. I can remember that. But lo and behold, I stand here this morning and thank God, glory to God, that they had uh, enough in them to chasten me because the Bible said those he loved, he chastened. Uh, I know we like time out. Uh, mm, but you know what the Bible said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when, we, when you do this, understand you're far more likely to see a future that comes into focus. I mean, Jesus did this. Jesus, I mean, the Bible talks about Jesus. Uh, you know, he, he grew in favor and statute with man. Why? Because he was willing to listen. He was a looker. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us Sam, Samuel, 1 Samuel 2 and 26 is that the boy Samuel continued to grow in statue and in favor with the Lord and with people. Why? Because he listened. Because he followed instructions, because he was his child and understood his place and understood that he needed to follow his parental instruction. <laughs> and then, then Hannah, because she was a mother that prayed for her child and uh, followed through on the commitment that she had made with God. 
because she did that, the Bible declares that she had more children uh, because God saw that he could invest in her. Yeah, God saw that she was going to be a mother that, that understood that there's some things that she can't handle and she got to go to God for a resolution. That, uh, she, she, she understood that, that, that though the child was born, he was not hers. He belonged to God. And see, the truth of the matter is all of our children, I mean, they belong to God. Ah, they belong to God. And we have to treat them like they belong to God. I mean, God is, God is peculiar. He's particular. Uh, so we have to treat our children that way. We, ha we have to, to, to raise them up in the right way. We, we have to set that model for them in the right way. So parents, third question, based on your parental relationship, what do you hope to see in your future? Because Hannah saw a bright future because uh, of her commitment to God. Yeah, and her family was blessed. The future of her family continued and it was blessed and God's hand was upon it. What, what do you want to see for your future? Do you want to see your family blessed? Do you want to see your children grow up and attain more than what you've attained? Do, do you want to see God's hand on your family? Do you want to see the blessings of the Lord continue from generations to generations? Mm. Well, like those forgeries I mentioned in the beginning... They look real. And parenting relationships from afar, yeah, without close inspection, sometimes they, 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 they look real. But the truth of the matter is, is that though you and I may not be able to distinguish whether it's real or fake, we have a heavenly father that sees everything. Yeah, he, he sees behind closed doors. He, he knows how we are treating one another. He knows how we're raising our children. He knows the things that we're saying and we're doing. So Hannah is an incredible model to follow. And a, parent, and a parenting relationship that clearly holds up <laughs> all these years later for every one of us to see. Two things and I'm done. Two, two things that Hannah really helps us to see. The first thing is that we have to magnify a life that loves the Lord. All of us, parents or not, we have to magnify a life that loves the Lord, a, a life in prayer, a life in worship, a life of following Jesus, a life in serving God and preparing our children to do the same. Preparing them to, to take the same path that we've taken, to, to love God with all their heart, to serve him, to, to be in a position to petition a God that hears them and does not turn a deaf ear. Yeah. I mean, we should be like Hannah in modeling a life that loves God. I mean, we see this, Ephesians 6 and 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up. Bring them up. In the training and instruction, model for them. Set a model for them. Don't leave it up to the school system. Mm. Don't leave it up to the daycare worker. 
No, you, you got to do something in your own home to set a model for them so that they can follow and so that they can cherish and so that they can appreciate once they get up and older and look back and have children to raise themselves. Hmm. I mean, because Samuel didn't see Hannah prayers for him before he was born. But he would not need a microscope to see the consistency of her dedication to God. <laughs> now, he, he saw a father that was consistent, going to the house of worship, going before God. He saw a mother that was consistent in prayer, stretching out, laying out, petitioning God. He, he didn't have to wonder. He saw it. So waiting or wanting a faith-filled family and kids is not enough. It's not enough just to want it. It's not enough to see somebody else's life and, 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 and you know you want what they had. The question is, what are we doing in order to lay hold to what we want, to what we see? To, to lay hold to the realness of a relationship instead of the fake. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm just about done. I'm closing. Parenting relationships. We want to see those that protect, that provide and lead to a prosperous and faithful life are only available, one, when you believe that you can have it. And two, when you go after it. So God wants us to believe that our, our families can be better. Our relationships can be better. That we can make that transition. And I believe that that's what God is trying to do in 2023. He's trying to transition every relationship that we have in our life to be better. Because there is better. Anybody believe that there's better? There is better. There is better. I, I don't have to succumb to the culture. I don't have to do what the world does. I don't have to model my life and my family after the world. No, God has set a pattern for us in his word. That if we follow it, that we'll reap. <laughs> yeah, we'll reap every promise. And he's promised. And I don't know about you, but I, when I'm gone, I, I, I still want my, my family to enjoy the promises of God. I often say, you know, we, we can leave our children. We, we can leave them houses and we can leave them cars. Uh, we can leave them money even. But all that stuff, understand at some point it's going to pass away. If you leave them a car, they, they're going to have to get another one. You leave them some money, they're going to spend it. Especially if they, they don't know how to budget it. It may be gone. All that you done worked and saved for, for, for 20 years and 30 years. Lo and behold, if they can't manage it, it may be gone in a month. But what's going to truly last is what we deposit into them spiritually. That's what's going to last. 
That's what's going to help them in troubling times. That's what's going to help them when their back is up against the wall. That's what's going to help them when they when they encounter rejection and when uh, 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 the, the job lets them off. That's what's going to happen when failure comes and disappointment comes. They built their hopes up for things, but then it doesn't happen. Yeah. They got something to lean on. They got a God to go to, go to <laughs> that says he will never leave you, never forsake you, but that he'll be a very present help in the time of trouble. <sighs> that with him you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. <laughs> you're above only and not beneath. Yeah, <laughs> only. <laughs> yeah. A God that they can go to when they get a bad doctor's report. To know that though the doctor says this, <laughs> I got a God that can override anything that the doctor says, anything that man says. <laughs> uh, anybody glad about that? So we have a responsibility as adults, as parents, as mothers and fathers, as aunts and uncles. Yeah to help our children succeed succeed to lay hold to what God has destined and planned for their life and the thing is we're not always going to be here so we got to do our part we got to deposit into them now and I know they may not want to hear it but the Bible says train them up lay the path set the model they may stray away but guess what some, something's going to bring them back. <laughs> something's going to bring it back. It may not be in, in your timing, but something is going to bring them back. Because truth of the matter is, something brought us. Woo! Something brought us <laughs> to God, to his house. Ooh, God is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. He's faithful. 